Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, and The Bachelor? uh, That book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mmm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. Clues. Underwear drawers. They're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because Those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and my, um, (laughs) which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, MeUndies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort 
from the outside in. It's the game of roses. Welcome to the game of roses. This is the game of roses. Welcome to the game of roses. I'm just a dude who loves family, football, and frozen pizzas. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. Hi there. Hi. <laughs> Season 27 of our beloved game has begun. <laughs> and oh my God, was it fucking good. Holy shit. Bachelor's back, baby. Let's go, Christina Mandrell. I can't believe what she did. Christina Mandrell is exactly what we've been talking about. A professional level player who is... I mean, she's going to decimate everyone this season. There's no question about that. Can't even remember anyone else in the episode. Just kidding. But basically, she was just such a star. Unstoppable. A star, a fucking juggernaut. Doing everything not just right, doing it at a level no one can even understand. Unfathomable. We will get to all of it, of course. Yeah. I was, I had high expectations for her after we did the Instagram breakdown. I put her in my final four and she blew my expectations out of the water. I agree. I mean, look, she was clearly cast to be the next Bachelorette. Yeah. We're going to talk about that, I'm sure, in all of our recaps for this entire season until they name her Bachelorette. But to see what she's actually capable of, that it wasn't just some blind casting choice like, oh, she's in the Mandrell family and it speaks to a certain section of our audience and all of this shit, which all of that is true. But oh my God, what she is capable of doing in terms of play is just fucking transcendental, period. It was the level that I was like, did they cast her as the Bachelorette and were like, just come do Zach season? Yes. That's how it felt to me. I agree. It felt like she knew she was already the Bachelorette at any rate. Um, we're going to get into all that. But before <laughs> we do, we have to mention something about this season. If you know, if you've been listening to our show for a little bit of time, you know that we've written a book called How to Win the Bachelor. There is now reporting from Reality Steve, and there was another article that I saw come out about it as well, that multiple players this season were caught by producers reading copies of this book (laughs) during the shooting of Bachelor Season 27. So we are 100% sure that the producers will eventually show that happening in the season Mm -hmm. because, of course, uh, they won't try to hide anything. This is a a reality show. They're going to show us what really happened over the course of the season. They have Mm -hmm. to. Anything big they're going to cover. I'm, you know, it's all part of Opto 2023. I know it's going to be in the show. Absolutely has to be. The producers will definitely not disappear this event like they disappeared Heather Martin from the Women Tell All of Matt James season. They certainly won't do anything like that. Or like that guy who disappeared early on Hannah Brown season who had some sort of record come out. Yes. This incident will (laughs) definitely be in the document. And so we are initiating at the top of every episode a very new thing. It's called Book Watch. When will we get to see How to Win the Bachelor in the actual document? Didn't happen tonight. So Bookwatch has gone up one. <laughs> we're, we're still on Bookwatch. So far, we are one episode without bringing right. in the book. I don't think it'll I don't think Bookwatch will last longer than two, but yeah. 
Same. If it waits till the third episode, book watch will go to two next week. I surely, surely it will be in the document. I am so excited. This is, I mean, it's the first. Can't wait. This is the first Bachelor season where players are coming in who had access to how to win the Bachelor. It is no shock to me that it, it is going to end up in the first season that it's available. Yeah, it came out during the airing of Bachelor Season 26, so none of those players had access to it readily available. Uh, they weren't able to purchase it in a store. Uh, some players might have uh, might have had early access to it, but this is the first time that any player could just pick up a copy at your local Barnes & Noble or Amazon.com or wherever you get your books, and a bunch of players, I guess, were reading these books. So again, we're waiting to see when the producers are going to definitely put this in the show because it did happen. Mm -hmm. um, it's got to be happening very quickly. So Bookwatch is up to one now. By the way, we don't know. We had the Dark Seeker relay this information to us, so we don't know which player players uh, this is about or when it happens. So that's why Bookwatch, it's like, it's up in the air. Who knows when yeah. it will be in this season? Uh, and if you want to get a copy of this book that's going to play such a pivotal role, just go to howtowinthebachelor.com. It's got all your links. So with that said, let's let the journey of Bachelor Season 27 begin, Pace Case. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. Oh, I'm looking at the top of my Bachelor Season 27 <laughs> notes, and it says night one. The tone is wrong right off the top. <laughs> no, the tone is so right. I'm getting into my my booming Shawcross voice. Hi, let me tell you about night one. This shit, I don't even know where to begin. Um, let's just start with the intro. First thing you see is a, a silhouetted picture of Shawcross kissing someone like up against a wall or whatever. It's kind of a washed out sun coming in and it's a new fucking Bachelor logo. Usually, the old Bachelor logo has a the O in it is a ring, like a wedding ring. That's not here. This is giant black text, golden edges. Yeah, like darkness. Yes, but it gives it weight. You immediately know this is prestige. I'm not, I don't know if these producers are listening to our podcast, but that's exactly what I would have fucking done. Give me a new feel. Break it off. What happened these past two years is in the fucking past. This is something new. It has weight. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is gilded in gold, but the thing itself is serious. We've all been disassociating the last few years. None of it happened. We are <laughs> back. We're back, baby. It worked on me. I saw that logo and I was like, okay. Okay, I'm going on the ride now. Let's do this. What do you got for me? Then we get into the intro. We see limos, nerves, anxiety, Zach the Snack, fireworks. There's a <laughs> song with lyrics, only fools rush in, a cover. Uh, he's everything you want in a man. There's a future. There's kisses. There's horses, water, hot tub, skydiving in a suit. Without doubt, he's falling in love. He knows his wife is there. Uh, we see canoeing, horses dancing, stronger emotions, tear play, crying in a staircase, claws are coming out, true colors are flying. Lies are spread. Victim card is being played. Help me, help me, please, someone says to him. Worst fears are coming true. <laughs> Falling in love with two people. Self-elimination. Zach is more tears. Difficult journey. So heartbreaking. So confusing. But he found his best friend. Sparklers. He knows she's the one. He's going to propose to the love of his life. They basically lay it all out for us here. Guaranteed proposal. Guaranteed proposal. He's going to do it. He's going to lock that in. My favorite line of the promo is, 
help me, help me, help me. Yeah, me too. I don't know who that player was. It, but. There's something that struck me about it. I don't know. Honestly, I think it might be Christina Mandrell. And I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, anyway, we see Zach is going to be love level three, multiple people. We have Zach tears, the DLP, STCO. And then we see DLP, the man himself in front of the mansion. He says, champagne's on ice. The roses are ready. The driveway's been hosed down. And we met Zach on The Bachelorette. He's just a genuine guy looking for love. And yeah, he's a good looking guy, tall. But did you know he rocked bass guitar in seventh grade in a band called Public Disturbance? I didn't. Nor did I. But can we just real quick touch on the line, Zach never imagined himself doing any of this. He's just a genuine guy who came here looking for love and love alone. And that's exactly why we made him The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. Do you feel attacked? <laughs> yes, of course, because none of it's true. But the idea that they have to put it in the document right up top, it's basically saying to Bachelor Nation, who has said, fuck this guy, who is he? We don't give a shit. Here's why we made him the Bachelor. He's 4TRR as shit. They call him Mr. 4TRR, all of that. And Darko Palmer has to come out and say it straight into a fucking camera, a direct lie to all of us. And that's how you know it's going to be a good season. So we do get this little uh, video of him playing guitar in his seventh grade band, Public Disturbance. He's also a DJ named Berzaki in college. Berzaki? What is Berzaki? I don't know. I mean, Zach is his name. I'm not exactly sure. But I like this. This is something that we need because we don't know who the fuck this guy is. He had half the screen time. He, was, he came from Bachelor at 19. All the players got half the screen time. We don't know who he is. So this is helping us. I like that they did this. Mm -hmm. Then we get the, the traditional introduction of the lead. Glamour shots for his promos as he talks about how wild it is and it feels like it's a dream. He's not here to mess around, blah, blah, blah. He does a shitty comedy bit about getting locked out of his uh, like bachelor house as the ITM's needing someone to come help him. He opens the door to find who? Sean Lowe, the golden boy, a.k.a. Goldini. I wrote that down in my notes. I don't know why, but in my mind, he became Goldini. Goldini? <laughs> so a council of crowns <laughs> is when they bring back old bachelors or bachelorettes. DLP is Dark Lord Palmer, Jesse Palmer. Oh, yeah. Sorry. We, we have some lingo if you're new to the show. But uh, here we have a council of crowns with the greatest of all bachelors. This is Goldini, Sean Lowe, the golden boy, the only bachelor to marry his ring winner, still be married to her, as we learned for 10 years three kids. That's what Zach Shawcross wants, he says, as they share a drink outside on the balcony. And Zach tells Goldini that he models what he wants from his own parents' relationship, free from fighting. And Goldini says, he went into it realistically, looking to have a great experience. Then off face, which means you don't see him saying these words, which means it's very likely Frankenbitten. And this one was Frankenbitten to shit. Goldini says, the moment I saw my wife, Catherine, I knew she had great energy and I wanted to spend more time with her. So he never said this shit in order. They put it in, in uh, over the back of his head. But he basically tells Zach here that he, he didn't think Catherine was the right person for him at first. So be open to that. You never know mm -hmm. what kind of a dark horse is going to come in mid-season and fucking play her ass off to steal your heart. Zach says he doesn't have any <laughs> expectations. Uh, he just wants to have a spark. Goldini says that for a long, healthy marriage, you need to find your best friend. That That is going to become the catchphrase of this whole season, obviously. And I, I just have to say about Goldini here, his hair 
golder than I've ever seen. His teeth shining brighter white than I've ever seen. I don't know what they did to Goldini to prepare him for this Council of Crowns, but it's working. (laughs) The man looks powerful. He looks like a god. Prove me wrong. He is a god. What do you mean? I agree. (laughs) He has the, the power of Christ compels him. Now, interesting also. Well, I mean, also interesting. He's on the show. He said... Famously, apparently, Catherine said he was protesting the show when DLH was fired. Dark Lord Harrison, Chris Harrison, the old host who was fired for a racism controversy. Yes. But here, uh, Goldini's time in game is not without reward. Zach asks him if he'll accept a rose, and he does, and they hug. Goldini gets an official rose here. This goes on his fucking stats. This is in document. He is awarded a fucking rose. I don't know what his original stats were in his season of Bachelorette when he was a player, but this adds to it. Then Goldini gives him some more pointers as he himself eats a sandwich as Zach lifts weights and tells him uh, basically that he's going to be shirtless the whole season. And he passes the shirtless torch to Zach. Then Goldini gets in the shower with him Tells him how he should properly bathe himself. And then we see Zach doing a bunch of training, getting ripped, getting ready to be the bachelor. A bunch of training. Yeah. Zach is lifting weights under the direction of a (laughs) nameless trainer. This trainer wears glasses. This man who built the bachelor's body so we could gaze upon it. And this nameless trainer was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. Fascinating. A blip to some, an important part of this game to others. Well, I wonder if he trains all leads before they come in. We may never know. Mm. Let's keep an eye on that. Minutia alarm. We see then Zach <laughs> does the uh, the training and then he he drives his Bronco and he says he doesn't know if he deserves this, but he's excited to meet the women and he ponders off into the canyon as we begin portion number two of our program. We get a bunch of videos of players finding out that Zach Shawcross is the Bachelor, the reveal at the after the final rose of the last season of Bachelorette. They're all mm-hmm. screaming with false delight. And this montage ends with a player that we've already kind of identified, Victoria Jameson, saying she's going to be the future Miss Shawcross with a group of her friends who are watching. Then we cut back to DLPs in front of the mansion where he reminds us that five women already met Shawcross at the after the final rose. And then we get a little recap of those players. And DLP says it was a historic first when Brianna got America's first first impression rose. So she's going to be safe. But there are other women coming. And before uh, they get here, let's meet them. And we get, they don't always do this. They definitely did it in Goldini's season, season 17, Sean Lowe. Mm-hmm. We get some intro packages. And this can be telling. It cannot be telling. Players who make it all the way to the end of the season have intro packages. Players who get kicked off night one have intro packages. It's a a way to kind of like divert your attention and and confuse you about who's going to be important. But usually at least a couple of the players who make it to playoffs are in these intro packages if they do include them. So we start with intro number one. It is Bailey. She's this was pretty much like a 4TRR good girl intro. And she has a flashback within this to her meeting Zach at the live show. 
Intro two, we meet Catherine. This is a professional intro. We see that she's a nurse and she says she dates for purpose as she gazes out at some ducks. Almost my creature of the week, but not quite. There were some fantastic creatures tonight. It's a hard choice Mm -hmm. to make for some, but not for me, of course. Then we see intro package number three. Christina Mandrell. She is the first player to have a last name on screen. 26, content creator, Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, She explains she is a Nepo baby. She is from the Mandrell family. This is Nashville royalty. She also reveals that she is a package deal, has a five-year-old daughter. We see them doing yoga together, working out on a boat together. She wants more kids, she says, and her goal is marriage, more working out, and she lays a lot of sparkling dresses uh, on a bed near a gorilla stuffed animal and says that she is excited to see Zach tonight. She says that his voice is sexy. And I would like to address the booming voice right now. Please. Clues. Yes. Pack your bags. Mm. Look up your TSA pre-check number. Clean up any fruit you might have left out on your counters, because we're going on a trip. (laughs) Okay. To Conspiracy Town. Population me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Wait a minute, just real quick. Do you leave a lot of fruit on your counters when you go on trips? Is that a concern of yours? Well, that was a reference to something that I did, oh. which is I left bananas on the counter for a six-week trip and came back to an infestation of fruit flies. Oh. Don't do it. Sorry. Uh, I do not believe Zach's booming voice is real. Mm. I think they ADR'd it once they chose him as the bachelor and needed to have something to justify this choice. Fascinating. I I think now he has to like keep it up and put on this Batman Bane impression this whole season in order to maintain this lie. And I think it's going to be exhausting for him. Interesting. Do you think at all the producers and the editors are just pitching his voice down in post? Or do you think they literally have a voice actor coming in and, and redubbing all of his dialogue? I think they did it in post on his on the Bachelorette season. And I think he is trying to match that this season. Interesting. I'll go there. I'll believe it. 100%. Mm-hmm. Population two. Thank you. Thank you. Intro four. Another professional one. It's Charity. She is playing with a child as she is a therapist who works with traumatized children. And then we see her talking with her mom. This is very good girl. We get to intro number five. This is Greer Blitzer. We see her having a picnic with herself out in a park somewhere. She's shaking a bottle of champagne as hard as she can, pretending not to know how to open one. And we cut to a creature. (laughs) It's a squirrel. The squirrel is strutting his stuff. This squirrel knows that there's a bachelor camera crew right there, and this squirrel knows that I'm watching the show. This squirrel is sending me messages through its strutting, (laughs) and that is why this squirrel received my... Creature of the week. What messages did the squirrel send you? That's between me and the squirrel. Greer (laughs) drinks the champagne, gets some on her face, stops to pet a dog. Uh, Greer says, literally, Greer is bold. Greer doesn't take shit, but Greer is kind. 
Dating is terrible. Guys she dates don't have pure intentions. She's happy Zach is the bachelor. He's a sweet soul. I don't really know what you would call this. A free spirit intro, maybe? Yeah, clown. Clown a little bit, yeah, maybe. (laughs) Then we get Brooklyn. Definitely professional uh, intro. She's a rodeo writer from Stillwater, Oklahoma, and we get all kinds of pictures of her riding various horses and whatnot as she's lassoing a cardboard cutout of Shawcross. These horses are important to her. She cares for them, especially this tan one. I want to say Palomino that is strutting its stuff, Mm. doing tricks and shit. And this probably Palomino was mine. (laughs) Creature of the week. All right. Fair. It was a gorgeous horse. I feel like it's Brooklyn's best friend. I feel like this is a very important part of Brooklyn's story building. Mm-hmm. I get the feeling she's going for a blonde Raven Tia mm. bumpkin type, and it's working. Colorful narrator yeah, uh, will kill it in paradise. Then we see Brianna in the seventh video intro. She, of course, has already won America's Femp. She's an entrepreneur from New Jersey. And we see her doing her makeup. She says she has a makeup company, is a model. This is a professional video intro, I would say. She's her own boss, she says. But her family's pressuring her. The Caribbean culture, they want her to get married. And so we see uh, her brilliant recap video of the limo exit she had, which again, a brilliant take a picture with a Polaroid, fantastic limo exit, brilliant idea. And she is hopeful Uh, that they're going to have a beautiful love story. She's sentimental and nostalgic, she says. And then we get our final video intro. It is Katie. She's a nurse from Austin, 27 years old. And we see her pick with her diploma. She's leaving her house. Uh, She's happy that they might live in the same city. And she plays a PTC here in her intro. She was cheated on. She walks by a trash can and says she didn't expect her ex to be there. Is this a reference to BBTC? Big body trash can made popular by Aaron Clancy. Perhaps. She says, Katie Shalcross, nice ring, and I need a ring. They are letting a lot of tough jokes into this edit. I agree. Question number three, DLP casting card. Are you single? And one of the women you see tonight might be the next Bachelorette. This is on the up and up. This is by the book. This is Mm. Prestige City. Nobody's talking about the cat you got to feed or the comic book store guy that lives in his mom's basement. You're not down by the river. You're nope. not a fucking loser. Exactly. They are listening to our show. There is no doubt about it, in my opinion. <laughs> because we made... I, to my knowledge, we were like the only people who were really fucking going hard on those casting cards about how bad they were. I don't think anyone else was talking about it. No, I don't think anyone else gave a <laughs> shit. Or even probably fucking saw them. But here... I love them. It's back to prestige. They're an interesting piece of the media to me. I agree. We see Zach getting ready for night one. We see the wimo with the wimo, the women in the limo. <laughs> uh, we see someone is leading the cheers. We're all beautiful, confident, smart women, and I love all of us. We see an old man open the limo door for Zach Shawcross, and he and DLP hug. Two bachelors united through embrace. DLP says, there's my guy. And then Shawcross says, <laughs> my guy, Jesse. And DLP says, dude, you're here. Dude, count one. They discuss his nerves and how terrified <laughs> he is. And then DLP says, dude, listen, I've been there before. Dude, count two. 
I'm just gonna. Are you counting the whole episode or just this convo? Whole episode. How many times will he call him dude? <laughs> it's more than two. I can assure you that. Over the course of the season, I think dude count is gonna reach 100. DLP smells Zach's breath and says, let the journey begin. And we get our limo exits. <laughs> I forgot that he sniffed the breath. What are we doing here? I don't oh, know. God. Okay. I don't know. Uh, we get the alpha limo exit. This is the first limo exit. Great importance. And this great treat goes to Jess. Uh, she starts with a blandy. We often see a 4TRR blandy yeah. to start. We see Ariel second, also blandy. She she had a list of complaints in her limo exit. I actually put, I said that that was a standy. I don't know. We could argue about this. I'll give you a blandy too, because she talks about my dress stripped. I missed my flight, lost my suitcase, but nothing's going to stop me from getting here. It seems like it was prepared. Oh, yeah. No, I'll give that a standy. But barely even a smile. Both of these first two players, when he when they walk away from Shawcross, they make sure to get in a shot of him saying uh, how pretty or cute they are. Um, Charity then is up third, 26. She's child and family therapy from Columbus, Georgia. She says her name is Charity, and that means love, and she hopes they find love here. That's a standy. Davia, number four. She's a 25-year-old marketing manager from Charleston, South Carolina. Has champagne. This is an It Takes Two. She pops that bottle and says... Some kind of a toast. Terrible toast. You're going to pop the champagne. At least prepare it. I agree. Some sort of toast. Uh, fifth limo exit is Gabby. She cringles maple syrup to Zach Shalcross and then forces him to drink it. I, uh, it takes two. And he doesn't seem to like it. And she ITM, she's hoping she resonates better. Wait, is this an it takes two or a cringle? I think it is a... It takes two Kringle. Okay. Combo. She's got cross necklace in the cleave. Notable. Okay. Six limo exit is Greer. She does a standee. She says, we've got a long night ahead of us. You're going to need some energy with a coffee cup prop. And she says, be careful. It might be piping hot like you. And he sips the hot coffee. Now, I'm just going to take a moment here. Because he says... How is this still hot? It's magic. There's nothing in that cup. There's nothing in that cup. This is all acting. It is a staged bit. What do you mean? How do you know it's not a coffee? I thought, didn't you say that we we're going to conspiracy town? Can't we just live there for this whole episode? <laughs> we're there now. Do I have to go back? Do we have to keep coming back and forth? I don't think there's anything in that cup. I think this is a staged bit. At the very least, it is a staged bit that she got it from New York and he's just going along with it. But let this sink in. Yeah, that's impossible. Physics, baby. Yeah. The cup is empty, and they're making him do this weird bit in service of her limo exit. The whole show is essentially scripted. Just keep uh, that in mind. That's what I, this to me is evidence of that. They're trying to create a, a little cute moment, but instead, what they're doing is revealing how none of this is fucking real. Then, we see Victoria, seventh limo exit. She's a nanny from Vienna, Austria. She says, uh, in Austria, you give two kisses, but she wants to give four. This is an it takes two. Madison, then we see this 26-year-old business owner from Fargo, North Dakota. She calls him mighty fine. And in North Dakota, we say, oofta. He's looking mighty fine. I consider this an aloha. Yeah, standy aloha combo? Sure. I don't know. Do, should it just, just be aloha? 
I don't know. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> it's a combo. Allie is next. She, I, Blandy? Definitely Blandy. Anastasia had a Blandy. Cat, then we see. God, Cat. Remember me? Yes, we do. <laughs> She's a 26-year-old dancer from New York. She reprises her cat face play and says, because she's from New York, she's afraid of nothing. She says, Gabagool. I believe this is an aloha as well. And when she emerges from the limo, reprising her cat face play, the look on her face was my face Play of the game. Cat is delivering face play at a level and volume that no one is coming close to. She is going to get my face play every week. I'm almost positive of that until the producers remove her from our program. <laughs> Uh, we have Gabby ITMing that those return players have a leg up. We get Brooklyn's limo exit next. And she says, fun fact, I spew profanities on live TV when I get nervous. Standy. Bailey wears a name tag because he called her Balin in the after the final rose. And that is a tot. Yes. I'm considering it. I considered it the very same. And he also compliments her gorgeous eyes. And if you'll remember, when you and me, Pace Case, appeared on Your Mom and Dad this past week, mm -hmm. Bailey's eyes were commented on, on that program as well. We said that she had Flanagan, got, Flanagan eyes. This is a reference to Kelly Flanagan, of course. It was about Bailey? Oh, yes. I thought it was about Anastasia. Maybe it was. Because I was like, she looks like she's a lawyer. You could be right. Portion four begins. <laughs> Back in the house, we get the Zach is hot montage. Portion four usually always begins, or, or sometimes after like the first 10 players come in, you usually get this quick cut to all the players in the house being like, oh my God, he's so much hotter than I thought, et cetera, et cetera. We get that here. He's so hot. We all have the same dress color. <laughs> There were a lot of sparkling dresses, too. I will say, I loved... Uh, maybe it's because I, I got suited and booted for Stefan Lovegrove's uh, Noel Ball this year, but I'm paying much more attention to fashion. And I got to say, all the players tonight fucking killed it. Oh, yeah. I love sparkles. I do, too. Katie says, oh, wow, when she gets out, like, oh, she's just been struck by Cupid. You're so handsome. Fun fact, I'm from Austin, Texas, and judging by what I can see, I can confirm everything is bigger in Texas, and Zach loves this. Of course he does. Of course he does. I mean, it's a dick reference, right? I mean, she goes up... The phrase is a dick reference, yes. Yeah. So why wouldn't he love it? Then we get Genevieve <laughs> in the 15th position. She's 26, a neonatal nurse from Baltimore, Maryland. She compliments how he looks and asks if he's nervous. Uh, she says that she's already blacked out and forgot to tell him her name. Zach says, I forgot my name too on my limo tricks. I'm giving this a standy or a blandy, sorry. Relatable king, blandy. Next 16th limo exit is Catherine. She says she's a nurse. Want to SPF me? Sunscreen, silly. Kind of a cute little standy. It takes two. 
The next limo exit is not a player. It is a sidecar. A trumpeter comes out and starts playing music. And this trumpet-playing, nameless sidecar man was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. As the trumpeter is playing his tune, we then see Vanessa walks up the driveway, throwing Mardi Gras beads as the trumpet guy continues playing, the other players then are picking up the beads. She dances with Shalcross. This was a grandy sidecar. It takes two. Very, very high degree of difficulty here. I'm not sure that we've seen that exact combo ever. And why I gave this trumpet player my Jorge Moreno is because his beautiful music plays over the next 10 uh, limo exits, roughly. It just keeps fucking playing. I didn't notice that. Yes. Then we get kind of a quick montage. Kimberly does a standee. It's playing over that. Olivia M. She's rapping. Yeah. Does a, uh, a Kringle about how she found two pennies. Heads up. And, and she thinks it's going to give him luck. It's playing over that. Victoria Jameson comes out. Uh, finds his voice very attractive. And has him read a piece of paper. I thought I loved this limo exit. Does she? Yeah. I mean, who knows if she does or not. Is the voice real or not? She was doing an investigative piece of journalism to find out. This was innovative, I thought, because she knows that the voice is a, a part of who he is as a character. So she wants him to read this thing. And the thing is a compliment to her. And then she pretends like, oh, thanks for complimenting me. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It takes two standy. Yes, it takes two standy. And then we get uh, Kylie, who he calls Kaylee later. Oh, really? I believe so. Well, Kylie comes out with a megaphone prop and just starts giving him complos. Look at you, 6-4, burly man, standy. We get limo exit 22. Lekka says, can you do me a favor? Bend down for a second. And then she licks his neck and says, I licked it, so now it's mine. She licks his ear. This one fell flat to me. If someone licked me without consent, I agree. Oh, wait a minute. Did we miss something? Am I crazy? Did Balin get the first kiss? No. Um. Oh, shit. We did miss it. Yeah. Bailey <laughs> got the first kiss on that 13th limo exit. She says, uh, you don't remember my name? And he's like, yeah, I do. And then he leans in and he gets this kiss. Felt very staged to me, but nonetheless, that's the first official kiss because he gives it. It's not, We've seen limo mm -hmm. exits before where the player demands a kiss. We don't count those as first kisses. It has to be initiated by the bachelor or at least given in a, a a moment that seems like it's real. This one did seem staged, but nonetheless, she got it. Back to Limbo exit number 23, Holland, 24 insurance marketer from Boca Raton, Florida. Standy. She says her name is Holland. And last season, you had a date in Holland. And the reason things didn't work out was because you were in the wrong Holland. This is very Bristolian, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. We then get Mercedes. Uh, sidecar Grandy. She comes in with a pig named Henry. It's a Grandy, by the way, because she doesn't come in in a limo. She walks up the driveway. Any limo exit that does not uh, use the limo is a Grandy. 
Um, and she explains that she's a pig farmer and she explains she showed pigs growing up. Zach then pets the pig and the, uh, I mean, this pig, Henry, Henry would have gotten my creature had there not been a squirrel. If a squirrel is ever present in our beloved games document, that will be getting my creature of the week. Because if you listen to this program at all, you know that I'm the greatest squirrel photographer on the planet. You love squirrels. I love. Well, they love me. <laughs> then we see limo exit number twenty-five. Look, I should have given it to Henry. Do it retroactively. I forgot Henry, and Henry <laughs> strutting his stuff down this wet ass driveway. Letting Mercedes get this extra time that comes with what what has to happen when you're involving animal trainers in a scene was my <laughs> creature of the week. Fair. Beautiful pig. He was. He was a very uh, nice looking specimen. He's not our first pig in game, but he's the first in a minute. So first since Matt James season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just two seasons ago. A night one girl brought a pig two seasons ago. But then the other players turn their gaze away from Henry the pig and they watch as a party bus pulls up. And out of this party bus steps Christina Mandrell, 26 content creator from Nashville, Tennessee. This is a grandy standy. Grandy because she's not in a limo. Standy because she says she was coming from her bachelorette party. It's not just the car. There's a story to it. She's saying things went so well for her when she met him on the live show that she thought she'd just get the bachelor party, bachelorette party out of the way. She's ready for fucking marriage. She also says she wants to show him the inside of the party bus later. Mm -hmm. It's the best limo exit of the entire night, bar none. Nothing is close to this. It is brilliant in its concept. I don't know who came up with it. Could have been a producer. Could have been her. Could have been a collaboration. Could have been another Mandrell. <laughs> She's got the whole Mandrell family working on her. Her aunts are all on this. <laughs> but what it really does, what you can't deny, is that this doesn't happen without the producers, what we call the third audience on this program. There are four audiences. The first audience is The Bachelor. The second is the other players you're playing against. The third is the producers. The fourth is us at home watching it. This had to have producers okaying it and facilitating it, which means they want her to go very far. They, it's very clear they have designed a deep run into the season for Christina Mandrell. And it is my belief she will be your next Bachelorette, barring some kind of insane controversy or scandal that would pop up that they don't know about. She was clearly cast to be the Bachelorette. This limo exit, when I saw it, I was like, oh, she's the Bachelorette. This limo exit in which Christina shows off her fun side while forecasting that they can have a mini date inside the party bus and she can also bring all the other players inside to dance with her and uses it to produce this comic relief segment in which she's like, do I look like a bus driver? Was my... Play, 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 play of the game. It was at this moment that I was like, oh, we thought she would be good. She is a star. I, right, this first impression right off the bat, I'm sure for Zach Shalcross as well, 
he was probably just as flabbergasted, but I was like, okay. Yeah. I mean, they give so much time to this. The next few limo exits are all Blandies. Who knows what they originally were? They're quick pops about how everyone's pretty. Yeah. They don't even get like words in. No, it's it's beyond high level play. This shit is now like I think we're seeing potentially the first like LeBron James, Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. This is a player who is redefining everything, anything that you can even do. I mean, I, it's just it's unfucking believable. I'm predicting she's going to get my play of the game every fucking week unless she happens to have a bye week, which I doubt they will <laughs> do because they're going to want her on everything. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons... They've earned the skin safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And One Skin was founded by an all woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy. .co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Clues, underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the, the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes mm. and there's no rhyme or reason to them you got ones that are super old uh different brands etc you don't know what to expect but now i have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies and now i want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to i'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and my <laughs> 
um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about. But I am also wearing the super soft sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, MeUndies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies. Comfort from the outside in. Thing. So, anyway. She ain't gonna have a bye week. I agree. This was not my play of the game, but it sets it up. I'll say that much. <laughs> we then get our beautiful girl segment. Sonia. Blandy, Becca, Blandy, Kara, been on 30 first dates. Hope you're the last first date. Blandy. Yeah, Blandy. I'm not giving this Dandy. You got to make something happen. 29, Olivia L. Blandy. And they all talk about how Brianna isn't here yet. Which I don't even know why they put this in because she's the next one. And she's a Blandy. She's got a, America's Fimp. She comes in holding the rose. Wearing this red sparkle dress that's like made of roses. And that's a producer choice. I mean, she she might have chosen that dress, but the producers don't let you wear certain things or tell you to wear certain things on night one. Mm -hmm. So they knew this was happening. They knew she was going to be the Omega limo exit. Let's give her a target. Let's yeah. stress everyone out. That's basically what it was. They wanted people to hate her and it just doesn't work. And I got to say, this season, I mean, I could be fucking totally wrong, but I don't think I am. It feels fucking good so far. It doesn't feel like there's going to be a lot of bullshit happening. And I know they've already kind of teased it as like, don't come into the season for a lot of drama. It's about the love stories. It felt fucking good to me. After this 30th limo exit, I was like, all right. I kind of was checking in with myself. How does this feel? How they're presenting <laughs> it and what I've seen. Yeah, It felt fucking great. All I've got at this point is high-level play, interesting fucking players who are doing funny shit, and Zach Shawcross, who is... He's not a great bachelor, but it doesn't matter. The bachelor can be kind of inert if you have players doing like what fucking Christina Mandrell did. The bachelor is the standee that uh, the rodeo girl roped in. <laughs> <laughs> He's literally just that with a fucking movable mouth. Hi, how are you doing? Anyway. She comes in with the rose. Christina Mandrell goes, the rose is still alive and your dress is roses. This is rigged at the bar. And she's like, you look beautiful and I hate you. I just, there's a vibe of about her that's like Olympios if she was a package deal and therefore for TRR. Yeah. Well, that package deal is like, you can't, they're not going to cut a fucking villain edit on her. She has a kid. I know. I thought like maybe it was maybe going there with her a little bit, but especially in this next portion. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I just wrote Ville Edit, Christina Mandrell here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, oh, she's wearing the same dress as another girl in a different color. She says, oh, she's got great taste. But that is why she's not a villain. And that's why this isn't about... Like, she plays that even perfectly. Right. The producers tried to fuck them both up here. The producers know they're going to be wearing the same dress. And they're like, yep, 
throw them in. Let's see what happens. And what happens? They compare tags and fucking laugh it off. It's amazing. This is high-level play, ladies and gentlemen. Zach's gut instinct is telling him he might have met his wife. Christina yells to the second audience, who else thought Zach is pretty sexy? I mean, you have to go in on Zach's sexy train immediately off the bat. Yeah. You have to start saying you have feelings immediately. That's, I mean, that's just what you have to do at this point. We see Kat gets the first responder. Hello, Kat. Thank you for reading our book. And she gets it from the second position. Somebody else, I think it might be Madison, is standing actually in the first responder position, but Kat. Mm-hmm. She had the drink. Yeah, she had the drink, which is also something that producers do. The first responder is never selected by players. It's never something you can get. The producers tell you, have this drink, give it to him when he walks in. So for whatever reason, they've chosen Kat here. And I think it's because she's got that face. I mean, she's electric. She's fucking great. I can't wait to watch more of her. We get Zach's inauguration speech. He goes, holy fucking shit, those entrances. Kudos to y'all. Never thought I'd be here. Just a dude who loves family football and frozen pizzas. So that's the branding for this season. A terribly scripted line. Like, did he prepare this? Yes, yes, yes. And well, producer prepared it with him. And it's just, he's just not good. He's not interesting. He's boring. Do you think this is a Lion Dyke homage? Two things that get me excited. Excitement and pizza. No, I don't. I think this is like, I'm just a regular guy. Just, I mean, he even calls himself a dude. I'm just a dude who loves family football and frozen pizzas. I don't give that as part of the dude count, though. Looking for my forever best friend. I have two. He talks about his parents and marriage longevity more. And let's get this party started. And then we get... The first responder, or at least the first mini date, is Catherine. She says that being best friends aligns with her. Are you goofy? And he said, yeah, I'm fucking weird. I hope you're weird. Yeah. The last thing I want is someone stuck up. So. I'm so weird. I watched planes with my father as a child, and I did a band when I was a kid. I'm very weird. You know, football, frozen pizza, weirdo shit. Real weirdo (laughs) shit. (laughs) I would have loved if you would have said that in the inauguration. Look, instead of I'm I'm just a dude who loves this, I love family, frozen food, and fucking football. I'm a fucking weirdo. That would have been fucking weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) Pours his drink on Cat's head. (laughs) Oh god, I just love shit when you. This type of shit happens all the time when people are like, "I'm a nerd," and it's like, "No, you're not a fucking nerd." No. What's your favorite episode of One Piece? What is One Piece? Exactly. I rest my case, Your Honor. I'm too hot to know this. Yeah. I'm just going to start saying that about all the references I don't know that you say. Okay. Anyways. We get the first worrying about turtling coming from Davia, and we get Katie's one-on-one time. The girls are peeping Tomming on her, and he says, she's like, how are you? He says, it's weirdly difficult, but now I get my shot. And she's like, you were great. I feel lucky being beside you. And we get our first mini date kiss, a kiss for Katie. She ITMs fireworks, see him being a great husband and father, very soft lips. And then we get our next one-on-one time with Christina Mandrell. 
This one on one time is taking place inside the party bus. She has her own mobile private room in which she can sequester the lead far away from the prying eyes of the other players, even really far away from the eyes of the producers. I mean, they all have cameras and obviously you're watching it from a control truck, but it gives the feeling of isolation. And in this fucking party bus, it's not just that they have a, a little moment, some alone time. She says she's made a compatibility questionnaire and she pulls out these fucking note cards on which she has given a series of either or. Do you like this or this? And she's made little drawings of it. Mountains or the beach? <laughs> three. Then she says, say it on three. Do you like mountains or the beach? Three, two, one. He likes the mountains. Or sorry, she likes the mountains. He likes the beach. Then she does one that is, uh, and she reveals a mountain tattoo on her side. We're living in conspiracy town, right? Huh? She didn't do these drawings. Her kid did these drawings. Ooh. I wonder if that was cut out. No, she says she did them, but I don't know. You think she's putting her child to work? Mommy's going on The Bachelor. Do some drawings. Maybe. Not the first child to be put to work. I remember Vanessa Grimaldi came in with the letters from her children. and Or the two children who literally came in to deliver a letter to Clayton Eckerd that justified their choice to make him Bachelor. But in this one-on-one -on -one time, not only does she have these note cards, not only does she have the party bus, she uses the note cards to reveal a tattoo on her side. She then explains that she's from Nashville, but her dad moved to Telluride, Colorado. This is a PTC being played and also revealing something about herself. She then says dinosaurs are dragons. They once again disagree. And he says he likes dragons because he's watching a show with dragons. I bet that's House of Dragons. I bet he listens to HBO Lax. Thank you for listening, Zachy. And then the final card says... Giving me a kiss, yes or no. She fucking gets him to do this. She takes all the pressure off of him. Because we saw a million other times, he's like, can I kiss you? Can I kiss you? Here, no. She gives him this perfect, cute fucking thing that plays right into the thing. She's led him up to this. The mountains are a fucking beach. The dragons are dinosaurs. That's all bullshit. It's all getting, lulling him into playing this game to get to the point where he's going to fucking kiss her in the fucking party bus. And this party bus to compatibility questionnaire with pictures drawn by maybe her child who was forced into service uh, to make those pictures. <laughs> maybe she just made a fucking producer. I don't know. But this whole fucking mini date was my play, 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 play of the game. Never seen anything like this. Never seen anything fucking like this in our beloved game. This is a level of play, I'm telling you, that I don't think other people are capable of. That I don't think any player we've ever seen is capable of. Look, I I mean, I kind of consider this to be part of my play of the game. And I cannot say enough good things about Christina's play in this episode. But like... Ending with the kiss, yes or no, as the last thing, it's so good. It's not clawing someone's head and forcing them to kiss you. It's giving them the option. He is going to do it. If he's a gentleman, he's going to give you at least a peck. And it and uh, it's so good. And baking the PTC into there and the tattoo reveal. It's so much. It's so much. It's so much. And she's holding back the package deal, most importantly. She just has like 
every every kind of element of play at her disposal and she wields it all perfectly. It's effortless to her. Yeah. I mean, it's like what comes first, the good player or the third audience boosting her? I don't know. She has it all, though. She's got an amazing first audience game. She's got so far an amazing second audience game. When she's comparing dresses with that other player, like, oh, we got the same dress. Ha ha ha. And what we see in the tag. She's introducing people to Kegels. She's spreading the good word. She's incredible. Anyway, we have to move on. Uh, so then the, the other players come out to the party bus to try and interrupt, but it's too late. The kiss has already been had. And then they all start partying. We see this montage and she's the belle of the ball. She's not jealous. She's not pissed. She's fucking dancing too and drinking the fucking champagne. She got her kiss. You end with dignity. You end your mini date with dignity. You don't have Zach go. So I'll let you go. <laughs> what was it you said? We'll get to it, but literally what we saw in this is she plays this perfect play. What was my play of the game? Leading into the kiss. And then the capper on that kiss is not, oh, now we're going to interrupt your fucking thing and fuck your whole vibe up. It is a fucking celebration that the producers force all of the other players to join in. It is a celebration of Christina Mandrell that the producers mm -hmm. say, hey, all your other players, go fucking celebrate her. She's the next Bachelorette. This, to me, this moment was like that. Yep. They cast her. She pours champagne in Zach's mouth, totally dominant. He starts pouring it in other people's mouth. People are dancing with him. They're not getting quality one-on-one -on -one time, though. She's like, I got my quality one-on-one -on -one time. Let's kill other people's quality one-on-one -on -one time. Everybody's talking about turtling and shit. You don't know you're turtling when you're dancing. Exactly. This is a fun <laughs> time. If you're having fun, you ain't worried about fucking turtling. You're worried about turtling when you're sitting in that fucking Fimpro's room like, oh shit, am I going to get a chance to talk to him? Hell no. Come on out to my party bus. Let me pour champagne in your fucking mouth. <laughs> so good. Portion six, we get another DLP casting card. Senior, Are you a senior citizen young at heart? Prestige. Is that show ever happening? Prestige. I don't know. Prestige. You think they'll get weirder? Like yeah. Zach Shawcross? Yeah. As we go. Uh, we then get, oh my God cats one-on-one -on -one time cat says how many meatballs can you fit in your mouth and she engages zach shawcross in some of the most disgusting food play i've ever seen in my life agreed she cheats and starts eating the meatballs and she produces <laughs> this face when she is eating the meatballs that looks like she has been dining on human feces. It's in her gums. It's on her tongue. It's so gross. Oh, and no. that's why Kat got my face play of the game. I feel like it was kind of an homage to Shanae's black toothpaste face play. Yep. Um, that she engaged in with Rapini, not to be confused with Goldini. <laughs> <laughs> but she really went for it. And like, that's something that I just appreciate about Kat as yeah. a player already. She is not holding back. And he makes the disgusting face, but it was her idea. So I give it to her. Totally. She is electric. Also a very fun player to watch. I don't think she has the precision of a Mandrell. But she's certainly entertaining. I think she's going to be getting some colorful narration uh, over the course of this mm -hmm. season. And like we're saying, she got both of our face plays. There's nobody in her league. What is it? Good casting this season? What is happening? Or is it just Opto 2023 is just working? We're manifesting a good season. It's decent casting. 
And yes, I believe we've manifested a good season. I think the producers <laughs> have listened to our show specifically, said mm -hmm. this is great. We're going to do this. And also, I, I mean, not to toot our, toot our own horn, but players are reading our book. Toot it and boot it. Players were reading our book. You don't think that affected how good this season is? You're fucking right, Clues. It's the first season where people have read the book. Oh, I keep forgetting the context. The book context. We might have saved this fucking show. Congratulations, Clues. Congratulations, Pace Case. Uh, we move on. 101 time. Mission accomplished. Well, not yet. The season <laughs> is not over yet. But tonight was a good indication. We then get some one-on-one -on -one time with Brianna. She makes sure that Zach knows she's going to make an effort, even though she got America's Fimp. And she asks him, who is Zach? And he says, Zach is a regular dude, again, who lives in Austin. Really does want to find his forever person. She makes fun of him for speaking in third person here. I love that. And she says she is reinvigorated by being around him in the ITMs that she knows she did her part to show her effort and says that even though she has America's FIP, she still wants the real FIP. I found that very brazen. Love that. Yeah. I was like, if she fucking gets two FIPs, I'll shit my pants. I'll shit my pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it, you know, it's very for That's what you got to do when you have rose in pocket. You got to still go for it. You got to get your time. You got to play like you don't have a rose. Dark Lord Palmer then brings in the real femp. And someone yells out, go back to ESPN, which was the funniest line I heard the whole episode. Who was that? I don't know. I wrote it down, too. I didn't know who it was. <laughs> Blue dress. I don't know. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well... Unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. And the turtles start bitching. Madison ITMs, I would be a puddle if she got that famp. 
And we get one-on-one time with Genevieve. She forces Zach Shalcross to change a diaper. And this was my... Error, 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 error of the game. Zach's just a regular dude. You gotta trick him into thinking, yeah, I'll go with the traditional gender roles for marriage and a baby. This is just not, this is not how, uh, look at what Mandrell is doing. Yeah. She caught him in a party bus, pouring champagne down his throat, and you're making him change fake, wipe a fake baby? Mandrell has a real baby. That real baby ain't nowhere to be seen. Mandrell's getting kisses <laughs> on a fucking party bus while she's sipping champagne. No, that real baby will be revealed once people start attacking her. Let them come. She's going to eat their lunch. Uh, but I agree with you. This is a very bad play. You're not going to get a kiss out of this, even though she ITMs feeling chemistry and a spark. Then we get some one-on-one time with Greer Blitzer. She compliments his inauguration speech. The best friend and parental model really spoke to her. Her parents have also been together since they were 25. And both sets of her grandparents are still together. She wants a traditional, long-lasting love. She is from Houston, lives in New York, which is different. But uh, her brother went to UT, which is in Austin. And she knows Austin very well. She made a PowerPoint when she was young about why her family should move there. And that is her end goal. She wants to wind up in Austin. Prove it. Yeah. Show us the fucking PowerPoint, Greer. (laughs) Show us the slides. If it don't exist, you can't show it. I did think this was a very strong horny for Austin play. I agree 100%. It makes it seem like, look, you're not going to have to change your life at all. If you pick me, I'll just fucking I'm plug and play. And uh, he asks her for a kiss. He gets that kiss. And I wrote down first audience on point. She does seem to have him wrapped around her finger. The other players here, um, peeping Tom as they're making out, they can't watch. Madison then, ITM is wanting to kiss him. And we get uh, Madison's first one-on-one time. Full music is immediately playing. Start of her full edit. It's immediate. As soon as you see her on screen, full music. And she has a basket. She says she's excited for him to meet her people. He needs to be prepared for the winter. And she dresses him up in this cold weather tot with a scarf, hat, uh, she seems drunk to me, I wrote. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but it seems that way. I think so. And then she ITMs. Uh, there being electric attraction and she wants to kiss him, but she gets no kiss. And loads love level two. Could a thousand percent see yourself falling in love. First love level two. Loaded. And then she tells the other players you get lost in his eyes and she ITMs being on cloud nine after being able to talk to him. This is that full edit. And then we see... I don't... Who was this player? I don't remember. Blonde Olivia. She was asking him if he can sound like a chicken and he makes a fucking chicken noise. These are the wrong things to do in your your mini date. Oh, yeah. I mean, read our book, of course, but um, this ain't it. You you don't ever want to do something that's like goofy and jokey that takes the, the tone away from going toward a kiss on night one. You need to get a night one kiss. It is... It only gets more and more important. You have to like pretty much start your emotion emotional train right away. You should be love level wanting. Like, oh, I'm surprised how there's actually attraction in person. I don't yeah. know. But then Madison is convinced by some other players to attempt a steal here. And we now know <laughs> that steals cannot be done without producers. Producers arrange the order and timing of all players who get their one-on-one times with The Bachelor on night one. There are no literal steals. So the producers send in Madison here. 
Um, and she gets the steal. Brooklyn then ITMs that she stole him again. Don't be that girl, she says in her ITM. And we see this next one on one time with Madison. They do some kind of weird dance called the Gritty. Do you know this? Or Gertie? Gritty. The Gritty, I assume, isn't it like a, a sports mascot? I have no idea. Um, and then she kind of forces him into a kiss that he seems like he doesn't want to do, but she does get a kiss. Then they do the weird dance back. And um, she ITM's disappointment in the kiss that it was subpar, literally a peck. We're getting now the full music edit is turning creepy. And uh, she walks back to the other players. Zach ITM's that he didn't feel the kiss. Madison is telling the other players that she wanted more than just the peck. She's now producing tears in an ITM. First tears. Let's go. And then she... Uh, walks off and sobs in the driveway to end portion six. Portion seven begins. We come back on the same drum in the driveway with Madison. Kimberly goes over to play STCO, shoulder to cry on for Madison. In the house, Victoria J says, everyone seems tense. Kimberly tells Madison to hold her head up high and her makeup is still on fleek. I thought this was a great ST, STCO play here. She got a little screen time from it. And she ITMs uh, that she's feeling the very beginnings of things getting crazy and people getting anxiety. And they show Balin getting annoyed drinking alone. We see Charity's one-on-one time. Zach's like, oh, it's really easy talking to you. And then he says, who is Charity? I was like, oh, he's just stealing that other girl's line. Absolutely. (laughs) And she talks about how she pours into kids' heart, kids with trauma. She's from Georgia. And he's like, oh, my mom works with disabilities. You seem like an incredible woman. I'd like to kiss you. 1K for Charity. And she has a very 4TRR reaction to this in her ITM. He asked to kiss me. Absolutely. I uh, She won me over with this this ITM. Yeah. And she says he has he does solid kissing. We see one-on-one time with Jess on the stoop. And they tell each other that they're cute. He's like, you were the alpha limo exit. And she's like, yeah, but you were so comforting when you bent down to talk to me. You have a warm presence and my shakes have gone. She goes for the kiss. She gets that kiss. And she ITM, she's smitten. I'm going to say that's a love level one. I agree. Loaded. And we see some other players talking about the importance of the FIMP and their curiosity about who will be that FIMP recipient. Then Zach Shawcross enters, picks up the FIMP, and pulls who? Greer Blitzer. (laughs) I screamed. As did I. (laughs) There are some controversial things uh, surrounding Greer Blitzer currently on Reddit. Who knows if this will bubble up to the mainstream coverage of our beloved game or not. You can check that out for yourself on Reddit if you want to find it. It is very easy. Just type in Greer Blitzer Reddit. And Greer gets a little one-on-one time and she says she's flattered. She feels good knowing that it wasn't just her who felt this zing. And he says he also felt it. One of the easiest conversations he's had and he can't wait to get to know her more. She gets the fimp, gets a kiss here. The other players then watch them make out. Brooklyn says, I don't want to watch, but I can't not. I was like, you and me both, Brooklyn. Welcome to our beloved game. And she, I, Greer... Greer is a student of this game. She goes, not even kidding you. I felt a firework in her ITM. Have you ever felt a firework after your kisses? Mm, No. Yeah. Meanwhile, Madison is sobbing in tears. She is heartbroken. (laughs) Brooklyn ITM's disappointment because she was forced to turtle. DLP comes in, touches knife to glass, and we get a seven ting. Official play has concluded. This means he's... He's making a noise with the knife on the glass going ting, 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 ting. Ting. 
Ting, 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 ting. Seven. And Madison is continuing to produce tears. And one second, one second, one second. DLP um, has a moment where he talks to Zach about how he's feeling. And DLP, DLP calls him dude one more time. Dude count three. Alarm. Dude count three. That's an official dude count. Official? You just made it up. <laughs> yeah, we made all this up. The whole thing we're doing is made. DLP, we made it all up. We made it all up. Oh my god! I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? We did. Oh my god! I gotta get out of here. <laughs> You're like, dude, count. That is made up. Fib is real. Hoojus are real. Rose quotient is real. I'm not saying that. You know, I mean, these things really are happening, but we're counting them. That's that's what we do. I don't believe the dude counts minutia alone. I'm I'm keeping my dude count. DLP pulls his dude for an empathetic talk, and he says, "How scared are you to send the wrong person home?" And we see someone is performing a steal. Who is it? It's a cliffhanger. Portion eight. We realize it's Madison. She says, "I wanted to disrupt. I don't want to force things. Make sure you want me on this journey." So what? Producers are just like, hey, go go grab him. Yes. Try one more time. Yes. They're sending her in like a nuclear missile. And Madison, trying to perform this strange steal or whatever you want to call it, interrupting Zach Shawcross talking to DLP. You never do that, by the way. You never interrupt DLP talking to anyone for any reason. It's always going to be bad. So if a producer tells you to do it, don't do it. Fucking fake an IFI. Pass out, fall down, hurt your ankle, something. Make it impossible for you to physically get there. Don't tell producers no ever. Just fake a massive injury so that you can't perform whatever they're forcing you to do. But anyway. Yeah, when in doubt, go down. Touch ground. Yes. Uh, Be one with the ground like grocery store Joe. What do you say? I'm one with the earth. I'm (laughs) one with the earth. Madison, you should have become one with the earth. When the producers told you to interrupt the DLP, you don't do that. But nonetheless, Madison interrupting DLP here was my error, 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 error of the game. Because you know what's going to happen. She comes out there. She gives him the out. She says, whatever I want, if you want me on this journey, or maybe it's going to end here. She says some kind of like wording that basically gives him an out and he takes it. She's eliminated 30th place, 30th place. That is so fucking rare. There's only a couple of seasons where shit like this happens where somebody gets kicked out before the first rose ceremony. And here she's done it. Um, Just terrible play. Top to bottom, terrible play. I also believe that she wasn't, you know, quite ready for the game. I don't think she understood exactly what it was going to be, that it was going to be horribly traumatic and torturous. And uh, clearly she buckled under the weight. I mean, we we haven't seen a night one flame out like this in a while. I think because people don't come in and, and over drink that. I mean, it used to be a thing. You'd have like one every season. Yeah. Someone would get naked in the pool or something night one. Um, but poor Madison, I don't give you my error. I, whatever. I did. There's there's some forgotten. She did better than a forgotten. A forgotten. I'm now transferring forgotten to Bachelor. <laughs> My brain is spinning. I'm like, is it a one to one? It's not. Anyway, uh, she, also I feel like we found a PTC of hers that she didn't share, so she's leaving without sharing that PTC. So that sucks. And 
she does this really long walk away as we hear her cry. We really sit and savor this suffering while she's only lit by these like truck lights that are going to take her away. But they're not going to take her away because we see it's suddenly the next morning. And while Zach tells the ladies that she's no longer here, we see her. She's collapsed against a wall in the morning light. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, it's rough to watch. But Zach comes in and tells all the other players that Madison is gone. He wants the best for her, but it it didn't work out. He ITMs that he takes this very seriously. And it's the honesty for him. He's lived through this experience with Rachel P. He didn't or Rachel Reckia, sorry, he didn't get the honesty he needed from her. There is some Reckia slander. Yes, he's shitting on Reckia here. This is very similar, not to the degree, obviously, of what happened to Clayton Eckerd in Bachelorette 19, but this is that. This is that. No song and dance. Yeah. Just a couple ITMs hinting that RR did him wrong. And this is, again, you must remember, he can say whatever he wants in these ITMs. The producers choose to put that in the show. The producers have something against Rekia, for sure. Or they wouldn't have put that in the show. Fuck yeah. Oh, I mean, I think they have something against Rekia just based on how they edited her. But I would think they are hamming it up here to make it seem like he got a bigger heartbreak at it. Yeah, fine. But why? At this point, I don't give a fuck about that. He's on his journey. He's meeting Greer Blitzer. He's got fucking Christina Mandrell popping bottles and pouring champagne down his fucking throat in a party bus. I don't need to hear about Rachel Recchi anymore. They're putting that in there to say, fuck you, Rachel Recchi, 100%. Uh, in my humble opinion. Portion 9 begins. It is literally day. We get an exterior shot of the mansion. It is like noon. Fucking bright-ass daylight. And the rose ceremony finally begins. 20 roses here. So that means that uh, I believe we've already given out two fimps. So what is it? Nine people go home or something? I don't know the math of this exactly, but we're left with 20 players at the end of it. This is the rose ceremony order. Christina Mandrell gets the first flower. And let me just tell you what that means, because we all know the first flower is statistically more beneficial than the FIP. Let me read from page 80 of a book called How to Win the Bachelor. Read me some stats. Since the start of the Paradise Era, season 19, Chris Souls, the first flower, that's the first rose given out in the first rose ceremony of night one. The first flower boasts an incredible average finish of 3.28th place to the FIMP's 5.21st place. And going all the way back to the beginning of the game, the first flower has produced three crowns, three bachelorettes, to the FIMP's one and four ring winners to the FIMP's one. So it is, in fact, a better indicator of how far you'll make it in the game and your likelihood to be both a ring winner or a crown winner. And again, who gets it? Christina Mandrell, followed by Charity, Bailey, Jess, Genevieve, Davia, Allie, Brooklyn, Katie, Anastasia, Kaylee, or Kylie, I don't remember, Kylie. <laughs> uh, Spelled Kylie. Gabby, Catherine, Mercedes, Ariel. Wait. Yes? Note on Gabby. Gabby is the only one mm. who got a flourish. I noticed that. Did you notice this? I did. Interesting. I agree. Saw her a lot in this, despite uh, no mini date. I agree. They definitely made her present. I don't even think she talked to him, did she? She was a turtle. No. Yeah. No, she was a turtle. But I saw her a lot. So I was just like, you know, I, uh, honestly, my final four did not hold up very well from uh, our Instagrams. <laughs> definitely at least one of them went home. Who else is in here? Jess, Gerard. She's still in there. Brianna's still in there. But after Gabby, we had Catherine, Mercedes, Ariel, Victoria J, Kimberly, and DLP emerges. The final rose tonight goes to who? 
Kat, of course, we got to have her in there for the face play and for craziness. She's going to be in there, I would say, somewhere to late midseason. I don't think she's going to make playoffs, but she's going to be around for a while. Then uh, Dark Lord Palmer comes back out. Ladies, Tam Sig, if you did not receive a rose, take a moment, say your goodbyes. And we see Lekka gives some tears in an exit speech about just wanting to be a good mom. Holland gives some tears in an exit speech. Didn't get a chance to put herself out there, but she's ready for love and commitment. And she wishes she could have had a chance to show him that. Those that remain cheers. And he says he feels like his best friend is in this room somewhere. Zach Shawcross's real best friend is like, dude, what the fuck? His frozen pizza in his freezer. Yeah, bro, we ate fucking pizzas every night while we watch football, dude. That doesn't count for anything. At any rate, we then get some promos. There's a promo for the promo. Yeah. There's a promo for the promo. Then we have to watch ads. Then a real promo. And it's basically all the same shit we saw in the beginning. There was nothing really new in it. Help, help, help me, help me, help me. All of that. And then we see our tag. And someone dumping Zach maybe towards the end. I was like, is that Mandrell? Probably. I, I think it could be Mandrell. And I think she'll be able to dump him on justified grounds that will victimize her and launch her straight to superstardom. We then get a tag. And who is the tag uh, star? Oh, it's Christina Mandrell. She's explaining Kegel exercises to Cat uh, and two other blonde players. Unreal. Cat thinks it's when you put balls up your vagina. <laughs> but I guess, honestly, that probably that probably could be part of it. I think that's an advanced level. Yeah, maybe. Cat doing the Kegel thing at the end. It's like she's just I feel like if the bachelor producers were like, who is our next bachelor? Who would be the dream bachelorette for our demo? It would be a white, blonde, southern lady who's maybe got a PTC, maybe got a package deal, ties to country music. I mean, is she an AI? Is she real? I think they, this is my two cents. I think they literally said, we ha- our next Bachelorette has to be hit an exact demographic. Find her. And they did. Yeah. They were like, this is the Bachelorette. Yeah. They cast her in this season. Maybe she's aware of that. Maybe she's not. I don't know. But uh, th- I mean, I just don't think there's any way she's not the Bachelorette, barring again some kind of heinous scandal that has yet to <laughs> emerge. I don't know. We will find out. But that wraps up our recap of this uh, night one, season 27. Pace Case, who was your MVP? I think I know. <laughs> I mean, who the fuck else could it be? I mean, she came in hot. The party bus yeah. game, the testing their compatibility. She doesn't... But really importantly for me, she's not revealing her package deal. So she's like... It's kind of this defense that she can put up later or it's this way to get deeper and guarantee a rose on a one-on-one. Not that she's going to need it. It got her her first flower. Christina Mandrell was my... M-M-M-M-V-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-
like good D1 college basketball players. Mm-hmm. Like there's some very good players on this season. Unfortunately, yeah. you've got a fucking god. She's just going to dominate everybody. I just don't see any way around that. And the fact that she has another PTC up her sleeve. She has a package deal. I mean, fuck. She's just everything. She's like made for this game. And I'm very excited to see what she's going to do. But I'm also just generally excited about this season. It it really did truly feel good to me. I think it is like a great cast too. I think there's a lot of players that I'm excited about seeing. I'm excited about seeing Cat. I'm excited about seeing whatever Greer is going to do. <laughs> and we still haven't seen anything from... I mean, Christina Mandrell was what? The second highest Instagram, I think, right? Coming in behind Victoria Jameson. Yeah. So we still haven't really seen anything for Victoria Jameson. I'm curious to see what they're going to do with her, how they're going to present her. But at the very least, it feels like they're turning some kind of a corner with accepting social media as a career. Fucking Christina Mandrell's job was content creator. And it's a small thing, but they tagged the players for the first time in the Instagram posts on the Bachelor Instagram. (laughs) Or it's like, yeah, obviously what... You want these people to become big stars. You want people to be talking about yes. them and fueling all this stuff. Um, so, yeah, maybe maybe it's Opto 2023 talking, but I am ex- so excited about this season. And Same. Yeah. Me too. I'm so excited. And I'm very excited to see our book when uh, the producers put it in the document. Because, again... That is what I'm most excited for. Wasn't in the preview. (laughs) No, not yet. That was what I was hoping. I would see it in the promo, but... If it would have been the fence jump moment. Um, But we will keep that book count. And we thank everyone for joining us. We are very excited about the season, as you can hear, as you can tell from our conversation (laughs) here. And um, yeah, I'm excited to cover it with you, Pace Case. I I think this season really is going to be fucking great. God damn, it just feels good. Tonight felt good. It didn't feel like there was anything malicious happening to any of these players. They gave Madison like a shitty fool edit. Madison got a bad edit. Yep. But she's gone. They're not going to torture her for fucking three weeks. She's gone. She got out with like pretty minimal damage. It just, there wasn't really a night one curveball. No. It does feel like they're setting these players up in a system that allows them to play. Yes, obviously Mandrell has massive third audience help, obviously. They're they're showing preference to players, but they're not doing the opposite. They're not fucking with players too much at this point. And I know it's just night one. Right. I know there's a lot of season left. I know we got forced violence and forced nudity coming. I know it's all coming. But And I'm like, there were some 4TWR accusations, for the wrong reasons, accusations coming up. Yeah. And... I think there was one against Christina Mandrell. So I'm I'm interested to see if she will get at all a villain at it. Yeah, as am I. I mean, if she's the Bachelorette, she won't. If she's even in the conversation, right. she's not you know, going to get that edit. But uh, nonetheless, that's it. That's night one, Bachelor season 27. In the books, we will be back on Friday of this week with This Week in Bachelor Nation, where we're going to be breaking down the ratings for tonight's show. We're going to be breaking down all of the uh, parasocial movements, the Instagram gains, the TikTok gains of the top five players from uh, this week and talking about everything else. What's in the news, Bachelor Nation, all that stuff. So we hope you will join us for that as well. And before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It's been 7,610 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be... Dark Lord Palmer. Please.
please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then 